Sean Kelly, we're here in Strasbourg and you've been debating and voting on the EU-UK withdrawal agreement and EU-UK relations at least since that withdrawal agreement three years ago and of course discussions on the Windsor framework. Can you tell me generally what now is the reception by MEPs on EU-UK relations? I think first of all there's a sense of relief that now we're dealing with grown-ups who actually are prepared to stand by their word because prior to that there was absolutely huge frustration and anger I would say with Boris Johnson and Liz Truss who just uh, willy-nilly cast what they had agreed aside and said everything will be grand hunky-dory which made no sense because it was going to lead eventually if the protocol bill went through the House of Commons and the House of Lords and became law in the United Kingdom it was going to lead to a trade war between the UK and the EU, which would have huge com complications for Ireland and would probably compromise our open border situation. Thankfully, Rishi Sunak came in. As I said, he's behaving like a grown-up, a responsible adult. And we have quickly now got the Windsor Framework Agreement, which seems to be able to answer nearly all the questions and which should put us on the proper footing so that the UK and the EU both totally committed to democracies, can get on with dealing with issues themselves, particularly in relation to the Ukrainian war in Ukraine and also the energy crisis where we have an awful lot in common. Do you think there will be more involvement of British politicians, for example, and officials now, more engagement with the EU again following an agreement on the Windsor framework? Absolutely. And even... When I arrived here Monday evening, one of the first uh, engagements I had was I was invited to dinner with other people on the PPBA, as you call it, with uh, the Northern Ireland Secretary of State and, and the Ambassador. That didn't happen before. Also last week we had meetings with the, in the Bureau with the Chair and the Vice-Chairs of the United Kingdom representation. And it's all positive. They're reaching out now to engage. We're also looking at issues beyond the Windsor Framework, things like Horizon, where they can be involved in research projects, possibly Erasmus, but generally cooperation. So as I say, we are now beginning to deal with this as true democracies and, as you would expect, from mature adults. And just in terms of the DUP, we still don't know what their final assessment is going to be on the Windsor framework. What would be the implications if the DUP decide to come out and reject it? Hopefully they won't. And uh, from my discussions with uh, the British side, they're quite confident that the DUP will be in favour. Not all, but enough. And also it's significant, knowing their history, because usually they come out and say, no, no way, over our dead bodies. They didn't do it in this situation. They have set up a committee to look at it. They also had seven steps that they required before they would agree to anything. And my British colleagues again tell me that they are 100% confident they have met all those seven steps. So I think we might be on the brink of a historic breakthrough in the sense that the DOP will not reject it and say they can live with it. Because... All the evidence is, and this is the point that they are obviously getting as well, that this is very good for business in Northern Ireland. It's good for the future prosperity in Northern Ireland. And business in Northern Ireland aren't all on the side of nationalists. 
they're at least 50-50. So the unionist business people can see the unique position they are in worldwide of having access to the European single market of 500 million people and also equal access to their own internal market. And I think that message is getting home and I think that will reflect itself in the DUP's decision, hopefully. Hopefully. And Sean, just finally on that, of course, the Commission, the EU, gave in a lot. I mean, the, the establishment of these green lanes, these red lanes, and a relaxing of some of the rules that were pretty hard to begin with. How confident would you be that those rules will be adhered to and that the integrity of the single market won't be damaged by having goods coming in through a green lane but ultimately going into the single market through the Republic of Ireland by whatever means but not legally? That's a great question and as they say the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. It will be really up to the government in the United Kingdom to fulfil their obligations and ensure that the green lanes are exactly what they are, goods going and staying in Northern Ireland, the red lanes for goods that might end up in the EU single market and monitor them according to the agreement. You're absolutely right, the EU has gone further than I thought they would go in stretching uh, the lessening of checks. But at the same time, once the UK cooperates, exchanges data which they have agreed to, and it lives up to its obligations, then this will work and it will put all this tension and hassle and conflict that we have so sick of at this stage for the last five or six years of Brexit out of the way.